You're listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast, episode one. Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Hi, it's Phil Burgess here, and welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, where I talk with experienced IT professionals, consultants, and experts from around the world about their IT careers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to subscribe to get new episodes each week. So without further ado, here's episode one. Today's featured guest is John Sommez. John is a software developer who founded SimpleProgrammer.com to help software developers and other technical professionals advance their careers and to live happier lives. John is also author of the best-selling book, Soft Skills, the Developer's Life Manual, and hosts the Simple Programmer podcast. So John, can you expand a bit on that brief bio and tell us a bit more about yourself? Sure. So I, I used to be a, a software developer. I still am, but uh, for about 15 years. And you know, and what I ended up, I ended up doing pretty well in my career, but uh, but never really reached the levels that I wanted to. And still, until I started expanding in other areas, the non-technical areas of my life. And so I, I realized how important that was. And so I started to move my focus. Is with my business to helping other software developers to learn how to do things like market themselves, uh, build a personal brand, and, and things like that. And I, I really uh, that really started to take off for me. And so now that's what I do full time. Is basically I help software developers not only with the career and the the what I call the soft skills, all the non technical skills, but I help them with all the other areas of their life from everything from finances to fitness to mindset, which is really important. Even even to, uh, to dating <laughs> and, oh, right. and things like that is whatever my audience is, is really needing. So cool. That sounds like you you've uh, certainly diversified a bit from a standard IT career. Yes, yes, quite a bit. I, I never expected to be doing what I'm I'm doing now, but uh, but I'm having a lot of fun. It's uh, it's it's great to be you know my entire. Of, of simple programmer really at this point is really just on helping software developers to to become better people in general to be become better achieve what they want to achieve out of their careers and their lives and to be more fulfilled in in what they're doing because I think that's really really important I think a lot of people miss that point is you can be really really successful you can have a lot of achievements but if you're not fulfilled if you're not actually happy and you're not actually happy with yourself and, and who you're becoming then uh, then you've got a real problem yeah no I totally agree I think given um the, the way our working lives are extending, I think the the importance of of enjoying what you do is vital. It has to be um, right up there with uh, what, with whatever you're considering as the reasons for working. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Are you able to share with us a sort of a unique career tip um, that people should know and probably don't? I would say there's definitely a few of them out there. I'd say probably the most important one, especially for for developers looking to get a job or or to to switch jobs, is that going through the front door, applying through the normal hiring process, submitting your resume and cover letter – 
is perhaps the worst way and has the, the lowest percentage chance of getting a job and getting a good job. But instead, going through the back door or the side door is is much more effective of a strategy. So what I mean by that is that instead of focusing on, you know, where everyone is, is going, is, is submitting the resumes on monster.com and dice.com or whatever these, you know, the, the job search sites and, and going in like the masses, instead it makes a lot more sense to be focused, to pick out a particular company or set of companies to, uh, to specifically tell your resume towards those companies and really to come in through a referral. So if you can figure out how can I do I know someone already in this company or can I meet the, someone in this company? Can I provide them some value? Can I some way make an introduction? Can I build some relationships? You know, this is a more of a of a longer process, but maybe over a three month period, if you had five companies that you targeted that you wanted to get a job at and you built up relationships with people from those companies to the point that you could get a referral that's just so much more effective. It has a much higher success rate. And when you get to the table and try to negotiate your salary, you're going to have a huge, huge advantage because you're going to, you're going to be using someone else's referral, which is going to give you a lot more credibility. So I think this is one of the biggest things that I emphasize, especially to young software developers entering the industry is that do not, do not go the, the road that everyone is going. Don't go the mass sending out resumes and, and, and expecting that you're just going to get a job that way. You know, do some of the things that I'm suggesting here. Think outside the box further. What are ways that you can can get in contact with people at the company that you can avoid going through the, the normal channels and, and figure out how you can get in uh, in, in a better way? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think um, the days of of effectively cold calling effectively with your resume are well gone now. So it's a case of being able to go out, out and really, I suppose, network both within social media, but also um, face-to-face with people as much as anything else. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think there's a, a huge you know a huge lack of that today right there's there's so it's so easy it's so easy for developers to send emails as well which is that's that's sort of i don't want to say it's a coward way out but it it doesn't take much to send an email right it it doesn't there's a, there's a very low barrier to entry but to go to pick up the phone and call someone to go and and meet someone those are the things that are going to make much more of an impact and a difference because everyone is sending emails, right? So you got to figure out what other people aren't doing and figure out how how you can do those things. Yes, absolutely agreed. Um, are you able to give us um, an understanding of possibly your worst career moments and what you learned from it? Hmm, worst career moment. I'll have to think about that for a second. There's definitely been some bad bad career moments that I, that I've had I would say you know perhaps the the worst one that I, that I can think of right now would be uh, you know it I, I, it was it, it's it's sort of a an entrepreneurial fail like when I was first trying to become an entrepreneur I was I wasn't always as hard working as as I am now I didn't always see the value I, I sort of had this attitude that if I was smart and I had the skills then I am almost entitled to get a nice big paycheck so I was working for a software development company doing well and a couple of buddies of mine that were running this payday loan business had approached me for to, to try to get me to help build some software for them for their payday loan company business. And 
they offered to pay me a salary and, and all this and partnership into the company. And so I accepted and, and quit my, my job. And instead of, you would think that, you know, this is a golden opportunity. They actually offered me like a six figure income to, to work for them and to have ownership in the company. And you would think with that kind of opportunity that I would take advantage of that and that I would work my butt off and just do the best job that I can to try and, and get this thing off the ground. But instead, my, my mindset at the time uh, was not where it needed to be. And like I said, I, I very much thought that, oh, okay, I, I kind of deserve this because I have the skills and I've, then I have the knowledge and I'm smart. And what I did was I, I treated it like a regular job. And I basically said, hey, well, if you guys don't tell me what to work on, I'm, I can't get my work done. And I basically did not work my butt off. I, I sort of squandered the opportunity. I was, I was a bit lazy, to be honest with you. And although I did get some work done for them, after about a year, I had not accomplished a huge amount. And I ended up, uh, you know, losing that opportunity. So that was... That was a, a huge, a huge failure in, in my career. When I look back and I see what kind of opportunity that was, and and how I had, you know, had this attitude of, you know, a totally different attitude than I have now of of entrepreneurship. Of you know, the world doesn't owe me anything. If I want something, I have to go out and get it, as opposed to what I had then, which was, you know, you just you, you get the knowledge and then you get the money, and that it doesn't work that way. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Fine. So, so moving on from from the worst moment, what what about your career highlight? What has been your greatest success? Hmm. You know, I'm trying to think what what I would say that really the the, the biggest success for me was the the moment that I I quit my my regular job because I had built enough income on my side business. And, and what I was doing with, you know, with Simple Programmer to, to, to leave, right, to, to be able to be independent. Uh, and that was, that was basically what had happened was I had spent, I'd start doing these, cur- these courses for this company called Pluralsight, which was really small at the time, but it's, it's pretty large now. And I was doing these courses. It was, it was a nightmare. I was working a full-time job. And at night, every night, I would work on courses for like four to five hours into, into the night and, and on weekends. And I did this for about, about two years while holding a full-time job. And then finally, I had built enough courses. I think I built, at that point, I want to say it was 25 courses. These are like, you know, three to five hour long courses. Yeah. And I was getting paid royalties on it. And I got, you know, my last royalty check. And all that work had had paid off in, in in developing these courses because that check was large enough that it was it covered my entire year's salary at at the company I was working for. So I was able to go to my boss and say, "Hey, um, I love working here, and uh, I love uh, this team, and I like what I'm doing, but I'm quitting." And and it's because I've I've been able to achieve you know, the goal I've been I've been uh, seeking. And it, it's sort of it's kind of funny because it 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 sort of wraps up. It's sort of the opposite of of my worst fail moment, right? That I, yeah. I described because I, I, <laughs> I had learned how to, how to become a finisher, how to complete things, how to work hard, how to, you know, and, and got, how to take advantage of an opportunity rather than let one uh, pass by me. And so that for, for me, it represented not just a, a financial victory, but a, a, a self victory, a victory over, you know, beating myself to the point that I now could do uh, what what was required of me, and that that I had actually earned 
what what I had got and, and, and to change my mindset. So it was it was a victory on on many levels for me to be able to do that and to be able to walk away and to to know that I that I'm on my own now and that I had had built this through hard work. It, it was something that I felt like I I did deserve because I did yeah. do the effort. Sure. I mean, do you feel that maybe in the past you probably or possibly um, maybe judged yourself too harshly in what you've done? Has that ever been a problem for you? You know, there's. It's kind of interesting. I think it's it's a very relative thing, right? I I think that you can you can judge yourself too harshly, and that's if you if you don't grow from it. If if it's something that you 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 just beat yourself up and you just try to make yourself feel bad. That's that to me. That's judging yourself too harshly. But I think the whole thing is very relative because I tell people all the time. Like some, sometimes people say, "Oh man, what John? Don't don't like say this. Like you, you're you're super fit. You're not fat, you know? Because I if I slip off my diet a little bit or I you know I run like 40 miles a week. So I do all kinds of crazy stuff. And and sometimes I talk about how I how I messed up or failed. And they're like, oh, John, you're you're crazy. Like you you have this successful business. You have all these you know." you've achieved all these things, uh, you, you haven't failed. You're being too hard on yourself. And my answer is always, well, it, it's relative because these are my standards, right? My standards don't have to be your standards, but we all know within ourselves, like there's an external view of success, right? You can look at a person and you can say, this person is so successful. They're so awesome. You know, look at this. They're a millionaire. They're super fit. They're doing all these things, right? But that person can go home at night and they can know that that day they did not give their 100%, that they could have been better, yep. that they slacked off in some way, even though their their bar of success is, is so far above our bar of success, but they know it. And so what I have found is that it's, it's a personal thing. You have to know, right? Uh, you can have all the external trimmings of success, but deep down inside, if you know that you did not give your best, because it's, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And yeah. if how you do it is not to your standards, right? And your standards should be high for yourself, but if it's not to your own standards, no matter how much other people praise you and say that you're successful, you know deep down that you did not give your best. And so in, in that respect, I, I feel like, you know, I, I have judged myself pretty hard, but it's only because my standards are high and because I know what I'm really capable of. And, and my goal in life is really to maximize my own potential. And so if I'm not doing that, then I am I am beating myself up because <laughs> I want to be doing that. And other yes. people look at me and say, oh, you're being too hard on yourself. And that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm not I don't have those expectations on other people, but I have them on myself. Yeah. And I know when I'm meeting them or not. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yes. Good. Okay. Um, in terms of the the future of IT, there obviously, obviously changes inevitable. Changes happens all the time. Are there, is there anything in particular that excites you about the future of IT and, and potentially what careers there could be within within the field? You know, the thing that's really exciting me right now is the whole virtual reality thing. I, I know for a long time I was thinking, oh, this is a fad. Yeah. I've seen VR stuff before, and it's come and gone how many times, right, throughout. But I got uh, an Oculus Rift. I, oh, one yeah. Was, one was given to me as a gift, and, and I thought, okay, this is, you know, kind of funny. I'll, I'll, I'll try it out. But I put that thing on, and I was blown away. I, I said, to, I, I, I'm a full believer that we're, we're here. Like, it's, it, we're basically at the point where we are going to be 
really really embarking on this VR trail for 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 real and for good at this at this point. So I can see a huge huge future here. Especially, I can see a world where we don't have monitors really, where we can just use the VR desktops at the at our computer. I think there's just a huge amount of ways that you know just playing some of the games. And some of the learning or interactive experiences that you can have in a VR environment, it creates yeah. just a, a totally different way of thinking about how would you teach something, how would you explain something, what is possible. So this is this is something that I'm, I'm really excited about, and I, I think that it, it's going to change. It's going to change a lot of of the way that we do things. It's it's very much to me the VR revolution is very much like the mobile phone revolution, like where. You know, everyone has their phone now. I mean, we do everything on our phones, and we we whip it out all the time. Yeah. I think the same same similar type of thing is going to happen with VR here. Probably in the next, it will probably take a few years because the only limiting factor that I see, I see two limiting factors right now for VR. One is battery power. Right, we we still have a problem because this yes. isn't a very portable thing. Yeah. Um, and the second one is the resolution of the of the goggles at this point because it looks really great. But until you could do like a virtual desktop and you realize that 1080, you need you need more than that. You need about four times the resolution. But I think those will will be conquered. And, and when they do, it, it's, it's going to be uh, I, I feel like the future is going to be uh, something that we can't even imagine at this point. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was thinking back to um, the early 2000s, I suppose, when we when everything was getting smaller and smaller. Mobile yep. phones being a classic example, and then with the advent of the iPhone, suddenly everything became bigger again. So it, it's funny; it goes in cycles, and there's always a, a, something changing. Exactly. I always talk about technology is is a pendulum that swings. You know, it swings on the x y axis. You know, from from left to right, it's always swinging back and forth. But it also moves forward on the z axis as it's swinging to the x and y. Yes. If you can think about that, yes. and so we're always moving forward. It seems like like oh, we've been here before. We're going thick client, a thin client, right? Thick yeah. client, thick thin client. But but we're also moving forward on the z axis because even though we've gone from you know desk big clunky thick client desktop applications to flash to uh, whatever the you know mobile apps you could say or thick clients to you know the uh, single page applications and, and all this stuff we're, we're constantly improving it as we're going forward so I, I, that's that's like a, a major pattern I think we'll, we'll continue yeah. to see great okay um, we're going to move into the the quick fire reveal round so a few questions for you um, so what attracted you to an IT career in the first place? The, I would say that it, it was probably games. De, uh, game, yes. game, <laughs> game development. I always wanted to become a game developer. Way back when, the biggest thing that, that attracted me was was playing these these multi-user dungeons that you know the precursor to I used to say the precursor to EverQuest, but now now the kids today don't even get that. So I have to no. say the precursor to WoW <laughs> which was EverQuest and then the precursor to that, which was these text based games where where you essentially, you know, D and D type of games. Yeah. And I ended up uh, really liking that and I wanted to build my own version of it so I downloaded the source code and I've learned C the learned oh, C through, right. through that. So Yeah. Cool. Okay. what's the best career advice you've ever received? Hmm. I would say, you know, ignore everyone. 
right? <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, like you you just have to do you. You just have to do what you feel is right. It, it, you, you take good. It doesn't mean you don't take counsel, but I always say don't take feedback. Right, because feedback is destructive. That that no one knows your purpose or what you're supposed to do or what your objective is, or and no one has to live with your consequences. So feedback is, is is usually not that valuable. It doesn't mean that you don't you don't hear it. And and counsel, good counsel is great, but ultimately you got to weigh everything and you got to make the decision and you got to you really got to ignore everyone else. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you want to do? Hmm. If I were to start over, well, I definitely would not work for someone else. I would definitely build a business from the very beginning because that's you know, that, that's something that that I, I it took me too long to figure out. Yeah. That, that is in my DNA, and. And I'd always been told by everyone that you, you can't do that, that you got to go to school and go to college and get a job and all this stuff and contribute your 401k. So yep. I would do that. And, I, you know, I think I would probably right now be in the v, the VR stuff really interests me. So I, I would probably be in the VR space trying to, to create stuff there. Yeah. Okay. Um, what career objectives are you focusing on right now? Hmm. Well, right now I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel to 100,000 subscribers. I'm at just about 80,000, so that's, wow. that's a big one. How long have you um, been doing that? Uh, about really, seriously, about two years. Okay, that's pretty good growth in two years. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I've been. I, very I do about two to three videos a day, so I'm, yeah. I'm pretty dead. <laughs> I believe one <laughs> of the best strategies for success in life is to be as prolific as hell. So yeah. that's that's what what I employ. Um, and then the other one is I, I'm launching a new book um, called The Complete Software Developer's Career Guide, and oh. I'm self-publishing that. And so I'm working really hard. The, the goal for this book is honestly for it to become the best-selling software development book ever, the biggest launch ever, and to hit number one spot on Amazon on yeah. launch. And so we're doing a lot of work to to make that happen, and, and I do believe it can happen. So. That sounds a great project. When when do you expect or hope to be able to uh, to publish? So the the pub, expected publish date is July. I actually uh-huh. finished the book in December. Uh, I'm going through some editing process and, and then the big promotion. Um, actually, uh, I I I almost blanked on this. If you uh, anyone that's listening, if they wanted to get a, a copy, like the I've got a I published it online on the blog, but you know chapter by chapter. But I have it out at if you go to simpleprogrammer.com forward slash career guide, then you can sign up and, and it, it'll get dripped out to you by email. Right. Not the final version of the book, but you know as it came out with blog posts. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the plan is to is to to get it all ready and, and out there by by July. Uh huh. Brilliant. Sounds great. Um. So final one in the quick fire. What's the number one non technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I would say communication. That's, I mean, that is critical. Yes. If if you can communicate, and that just from writing to speaking to just talking with people, expressing your ideas, you know, doing podcasts, all of that stuff has been the, the thing that you know, and and that's the thing that that helps me now, right? I mean, doing YouTube yep. is all about communication. So I, I would say that that is is number one, the biggest thing that's that's helped me. And I was I was a horrible communicator. 
uh, earlier in my career. I, I was not very good. I, I never expected to be someone who basically communicates for a living. Uh, it, so, but it is it is such a critical skill. Yeah, I did, I did another interview a few days ago, and the same thing came up: communication within the IT uh, industry very poor. So yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a skill worth developing. In fact, it's the only thing. Like, if you think about it, right? Today, in our in our global economy and global community, the only real reason, honestly, that that I tell anyone to employ someone in in the U.S. or Europe or or UK, you know, th- these areas, as opposed to hiring a, a developer in Russia or India, who's much much cheaper, or you know, there's a lot, or Malaysia, or there's a lot of places where you can get really talented people because because yep. their their skill level is high now it used to not be so good it's really really high it it honestly is right for very very cheap but the number one reason that advantage that you have over that person because the actual development of code of writing code is being commoditized whether we like it or not but the number one thing that you have that they don't have is communication and that is if you don't have that skill if you're just trying to bill yourself today as being a really really good programmer well, I'm sorry, there's a really, really good programmer in India, and there's one in Russia, and they yeah. cost about a, a tenth as, as you do. So w- what else you got? And, it, and your answer better be, you know what? Here's the thing. Those guys, they may be able to code just as good as I can, maybe even better. But you tell me what you need done, and I understand it, and I am going to update you on the progress and communicate with the team and, and get the thing done because that's more critical and that's the that's the skill that's that's required. It's so you know for for developers out there, if you want to know how do you compete in this this global economy, that you got to have that communication yes. is is key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? I would say I would say this is that don't focus just on on your technical skills. Your technical skills will only take you so far. In life, and the the thing is, you have to. If you're the best coder in the world, and nobody knows about it, if you're just coding in your basement, it doesn't matter, right? You've got to have a combination. You've got to have the ability to market yourself, and to to get a brand out there to be able to. Because I'm, I'm marketing yourself is a, is a magnifier. Marketing is a magnifier for skill. You, you got to have you got to have both, but. You, you've got to focus on the non-technical aspects of your career because those are the things. In fact, you know, like I said, I spent 15 years as a software developer and I did well as doing the software development thing. But my career didn't really start to take off until I started focusing on all the non-technical areas of, of my life and career. And that's when my salary doubled and tripled and and things really took off for me. I wish I would have known that earlier on. So I would say. You know, focus on it. It's good to be technically strong, but that is not – it doesn't entitle you to anything. You can be the smartest person in the room and and be the poorest person. Believe me, I've gone to a lot of Mensa meetups, and I've seen a lot of a lot of people that are basically homeless that are really, really bright. They have huge IQs, and they know a lot of facts, but they, they don't have the application, and so that's important. Yeah. Great. Okay, so finally, what's the best way that we can find out more about you and connect with you? Best thing is to go to simpleprogrammer.com if you want to see my articles 
and YouTube is really where I'm at most of the time now. So if you just go to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer, you can find me there. Just subscribe and, and you'll get, you'll get my videos. And yeah, that's, that's the best place to, to find me today. Great. John, thanks so much for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great talking to you. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate you having me. Hi, Phil here again. I'd just like to say a big thank you for listening in to this very first episode of the IT Career Energizer podcast. And please remember to subscribe for future episodes. In the next episode, I'll be talking with Laura Brandenburg, who is an experienced business analyst. This episode is available right now. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. You can leave comments on the website, which is itcareerenergizer.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.